0: I'm just going to open up in prayer and we're going to get into it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Oh, yes, Lord, there's a spirit of agreement in this place. Lord, we just thank you. This is the day that you've made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We just thank you right now. Where any, uh, two or more gathered together in your name, you're here. Lord, I just thank you for breathing on your word and blessing everyone in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we've been talking about heavenly governance um, and talking about the realm of time, time's a, a really, really big deal. It's something about the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said something extremely abstract, and he says, whatever you ask for in prayer, you must believe you have received it. That's not manufacturing mind over matter. That is functioning within a context. And so we need hope because it's a cardinal virtue, but there's something about... Uh, Something about believing you've received it that actually transcends time. God wants us to rule over that. Um, so I won't go into details, but Daryl just had a vivid encounter last night, just like one of those supernatural dreams, where there was a church setting. Uh, without, go- I'm, I'm, I'm trying to just cut out most of the detail, but there uh, it was a lot of young people, kids even in this church setting, and up in the corner was uh, a sports watch, but it was actually... Uh, stuck in a spider's web. And so, this, and so when people have this one day, one day, one day, and again, we're, we're all for hope because hope's one of those things you don't realise uh, you had it until you lose it. You don't wanna be hopeless, but there's something about ruling, ruling over that space. And so, um, uh, yeah, so we're talking about he- heavenly governance and that in Revelation 21, uh, very much the fulcrum of uh, the, the, an incredible book that says you're blessed if you read it, understand it, and keep it. All these 12s. And so there's something about not just leading people to the Lord, we need to do that, okay? He who wins souls is wise. Um, I believe this year we've, we're, uh, um, we're looking at uh, um, having teams do big mass crusades in Argentina and Kenya. Who's interested in those sort of things? Okay, we'll do some expressions of interest a little later. Uh, in the year, but that's around August and September. So he who wins souls is wise. However, what we're called to do when Jesus said, "Do the great commission," he says, "Make disciples and train the nations," and that means every tier of society, especially government, because of all the twelves, twelve foundations, the names of the twelve apostles, the twelve uh, tribes of Israel, the twelve gates, the twelve pearls, the twelve angels, one hundred and forty-four cubits, etc. And the Lord saying, "I want my people to govern this earth." That being said, and, and one of the things is, is that I am totally pro-revival. Revival is a subjective term. Someone could come into a church with a strong presence of God and going, this is revival. And other people go, well, this is what it's like every week. So, okay. I prefer outpouring. Uh, and, and what outpouring tends to do, I'm like, to, everyone goes, "We now have an outpouring, this is the one that's going to continue forever. So far, we've seen it happen in a pulse not saying God sovereignly allows the pulse, but because there's a human agency, so that could be a limiting factor. You never know, but but sometimes I think it's a bit of magical thinking that we're just going to have a sweeping revival and everything's going to be tickety boo. We actually, within the atmosphere or context of revival, we still need to see godly government. We still need to see that because to see people who govern who are not. Uh, are born from above, but probably more informed by darkness, it is magical thinking to think that they are there the, are the exceptions like Cyrus, okay, but it 's the exception that proves the rule. so the lord 's been speaking to us about governance. that being said, you cannot export anything that doesn 't work at home and god start, it starts us with self governance um, and so I want to I start with an abstract scripture. Um, because I, I love, the, uh, I, I, I love the, all the books of the Bible. I love the Old Testament. I'm not a fan of the Old Covenant because the Old Covenant was a parenthetical insertion to, lead, to be a shadow to lead us to Christ, but it's not an eternal covenant. But I love what the Old Testament prophets brought to the table because they were still in touch with the same Kingdom of God, yet through an inferior uh, uh, covenant. Okay, they still saw, it says Abraham saw a city afar off and all these different things. So we're gonna touch on some of that this morning. But the context of this is the one that says more are the children of the, bar- of the barren. And it talked about uh, extend the place of your tent pegs. We're obviously talking Isaiah 54. And then what had happened is that I mean, this is, a, this is a interesting. Remember, remember it, uh, in Revelation 21, it says, come, I'll show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And you're going, okay, but we're the bride, but, but there's, there's, there's a transition. But even in Isaiah 54, the Lord says, Israel, your maker is your husband. And there's a place where Israel was continually backsliding and came back into heavenly alignment. So it's Isaiah 54. And once Israel had come back into heavenly alignment because uh, 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 God chose to manifest through Israel. And also it's, they are an example for us, uh, some of the things, some of the mistakes they made, if we learn from them, you won't have to get stoned. Okay? So, not that we have that anymore. We have it, but in different forms. But anyway, so basically, uh, at the end of this passage of Scripture, it's this unusual thing because we're talking about governing. Isaiah 54, verse 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. So Israel had come back into alignment with their heavenly purposes. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. So I'll read that again. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is from me. So remember, we were drawing a parallel when so- God said to Solomon, ask me what you want. He appeared to him in a dream and he said, I want wisdom or discernment to judge. But what? if we're going to be more expansive on this is that judgment and governance are very closely linked because judgment is... Is the administration of governance and making the crooked ways straight. God was so pleased with Solomon's request to be His agency on the earth. The Lord said, "Not only will I give you that wisdom you've asked for, but you'll have long life. You'll have the you'll, you'll rule over your enemies, and you and you live a, 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 and you'll prosper in everything you do." It's the equivalent of Matthew 633. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all these things will be, will happen. God is so pleased when we represent him. We don't do it for him. We are in him and his spirit does it in and through us. So here we have, if we can, uh, 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 I understand. Look, I've never been a, I've never been a fire and brimstone preacher, but there is a place for it. Okay. Uh, uh, repent, you know, uh, repent or roast, turn or burn, you know, all those used to have, I mean, we, we are a little bit, we, we, we're, gonna, we're gonna have to toughen up in the Holy Ghost a bit. Can you imagine if Jonathan Edwards was released on this generation? He wrote this, I mean, he would read, he would read like, like, like note bound like this, you know. I think he was, I'm not sure if he was the, the, one of the founding principals of Yale or Princeton, I can't remember. Anyway. So he reads, this called Sin is in the Hands of an Angry God. And you go, where's the love? What happened is in the spirit realm, hell opened up and it was so real. People were sliding in, they were holding onto the pews and crying out for mercy. It's one of the most famous sermons ever. And you go, well, that doesn't fit my theology. Too bad. Our God is an awesome God. <laughs> so I'm not a repent or roast sort of a guy, but... Uh, 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 what we have is that we're, we're in a situation where the Lord has dropped us into a war zone. And he said, he said, He is more than enough. We've got to make decisions. And what we have here is that we have this whole, uh, the Lord said, He said, I want you to govern. Don't be passive about it. I love governance. And then you get to judge. Remember, most people are stuck, They're needle stuck, and do not judge lest you be judged. Take the plank out of your own eye. Uh, so, you can see the speck in your brothers. And basically, it's saying, take the plank out so you can judge. Because a few verses later, you know a tree by its fruit. That's judgment. And that's discernment. You know, it's, if you're, if you're, I'm just being upfront, if you're putting your children in the hands of people you don't know, like a childcare center, and you get this bad feeling in your stomach, oh, I can't judge. Yes, you can. You can discern. And you get to, we have just, there's so much rubbish ideology that causes us to abdicate fundamental, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 spiritual uh, principles. We get to discern. And so uh, um, here it says, oh, if we can put that up again, please. No weapon formed against you should prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. That's pretty strong. So what we have here, obviously they are not righteous judgments. There are judgments coming against people that the Lord said, I want you to condemn. You're going, whoa, because this is part of governance. You have to govern self first. And what we're doing is we're smashing the passive and the politically correct. It actually says, This is your heritage. So, what are we talking about? So, obviously, there are false accusations or judgments. That are false, the Lord wants us to condemn now, what you have, in case you 're wondering i't maybe you 're visiting today or you 've been here for a while there 's a thing called the spirit well, and also our God is spirit we 're called to walk in the spirit, worship in spirit and truth angels of spirits, but also there are things called demons, there are things also called familiar spirits, and they have a voice, they speak, they speak, so what happens anyone uh, uh, has anyone here? I want, you, I want you to wave to me. This is going to be a nice question. If people get worried, they think they're getting trapped in something. Who here has uh, overcome a serious illness or physical scenario? Wave to me, wave to me. A lot of people. Okay. When you were going through it, whether it's something incurable or something cancerous or whatever, Did you feel like it spoke to you and had a voice? Wave your hand to me, wave your hand. It would speak. And it's not necessarily, I'm not saying it's the the, the tumours per se, but sickness has a voice and it condemns. I know that for myself is that whenever I've gone through a situation that my family has never overcome, I hear a voice saying, your family never overcome this. Poverty, infirmity—you know. Oh, you know. This is this is what has happened to a relative. So it, should. it has a voice, and what happens is these voices preach. Fear has a voice. God has not given us an a, 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 a pneuma, of a, a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. So what we have is we have false voices accusing people because they don't understand the basics. And we actually have to govern over those voices on the inside of us. Can someone say amen? These are, these are real. You know, one of the things, again, this is a discernment, uh, uh, there's nothing wrong with discipline from the Lord, but it never involves torment. It, would, it does not involve torment God doesn't expect you to uh, just put up with torment. Suffering is a very, very different thing to torment. And we have to learn to be able to discern that. So it says every voice against every, every tongue that rise up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. And we're called to condemn the demonic. We're called to sh- uh, 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 shut it down in Jesus' Name because poverty has a voice, fear has a voice, sickness has a voice, depression has a voice. Um, uh, the Bible talks about a spirit of heaviness. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So I had depression, probably, even they used to call it manic depression or bipolar, in my bloodline. Okay, and I, remember, I know what it's like to get. They call it. In, they call it flat effect. I know what it's like to wake up and feel rubbish for no causative reason. Just how I felt rubbish, t- terrible and flat. And then what happened is that I had to choose now. I know people on medication, etc., Prozac, etc. And there's no condemnation in that. However, what we wanna do is we wanna apply scriptural principles so Jesus is the one that brings the healing and the deliverance. Can someone say amen? Well, that's what we gotta do. So I'd praise God. I would feel terrible and I'd praise God. And I'd have, I'd have these voices speak to me and they come as feelings. You know, a 101 that this generation has to rediscover how to hear from the Lord. And a lot of times you get impressions or feelings or knowings, but you can get them from darkness as well. And this is is where it's gonna get really, really crazy. It says that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. So he's a full-time prosecuting attorney. And what happens is that the problem is, is that if we're passive, he becomes the accuser and the prosecutor. But the reality is he got judged at Calvary. The accuser has already been judged. It says that in John 16, the coming of the Holy Spirit because the prince, I'll send you the helper, another one. He will convict the world of sin, righteousness, of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me and righteousness because I go to my father and of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. So what's happening? It's a con job. Is people being condemned or unrighteous voices, it becomes a con job. And this is where it gets crazier. Familiar spirit imitates other entities. And I know, and it's taken me a while, I just, because of my upbringing, parents split up when I was, I don't know, nine or 10, I can't remember, I've just suppressed it so much. Anyway, so, but what happened is that, is that then like, uh, the, 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 the home, the nuclear family got nuked. And... Um, Basically, someone over here, someone over here, you know. And so, basically, is that my inner world was that my parents were indifferent, and so we get we get conformed to the image we have of God. The power of projection is insane, and so I felt I felt that God, I felt that God wasn't happy with me for, for years. But that was not what my theology said. My theology said John three sixteen. My theology says God is love, all those things. But in my subconscious, I had demons preaching at me that that I was going through an extra hard lesson and and God really struggled with me. I believe that. Did you know that uh, I would say, I would have been only saved a couple of years. This is a really weird one, but it's a cool one. You know, uh, uh, (laughs) it's sort of like, sometimes like, you know, I know God loves me because He has to. I like, I had a, I had to make some hard life decisions very, very early in my Christian walk. And uh, I would go into worship and the glory would come. I'd see Jesus hovering in the air in front of me. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. One time uh, I've had the Lord say, I love you. And like, it just comes out of him. Amazing, right? But this time I had the Lord appear to me and said, Todd, I really like you. He said that, you know, and it's not sort of like, Oh, I suppose I've got to love you. You know, like, like, like the power of these filters. And what I'd realised is demons were preaching to me that I was going through an extra tough time because God was more into others, other kids, not me. And that is a voice of false judgement coming against me. This is powerful because this applies to nearly every believer, okay? Unless you're Enoch. And so... Up, up and away. And so, <laughs> but what's crazy is that demons would imitate God and it says Satan appears as an angel of light sometimes, so we've got to test the spirits. But he would appear, I mean, he would. Say, I'd have these thoughts and I'm thinking, this is God. And I'd feel terrible. And I believe that most people who think they don't hear from God, they hear, they hear spirits for sure. And they usually manifest as feelings, or thoughts that carry feelings. And my friends, what we've got to do, we actually have to govern over these things. If you can't govern over these things, God will set an open door before you and somehow you will clutch defeat from the jaws of victory. You have to know that you know, that and you go, what do I know, what, what's true or not? Because if, you, if, if the enemy's imitating God that's indifferent to you, or you know, you've got extra tough lessons to go through and you think that, you go, what is, what is even real? And this is why it's self-governance, is, is demons accused and they are liars. So I wanna go into some 101s that we haven't heard for a while and maybe even this, 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 this message today would do Bill Zabritsky proud. Anyway, so uh, um, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? I don't know. It's how long's a piece of string? So 2 Corinthians 10 verses three to six, this is important. It says here, for though we walk in the flesh, the sarks, the carne, the the physical world, we don't do war in that dimension. According to the flesh, yep. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or physical, but mighty in God. That word warfare, right, it's really interesting. The Greek word is stratia, stratia. And it means military service combining with, okay, so, just take a deep breath, take a deep breath. <gasps> Combining with hardship and danger. I don't wanna hear that. It's happening, it's happening. So the, this is, see, see, this is why we've gotta be determined to connect with the Lord and be functioning from heavenly places so we enjoy every day regardless of the situation. So it says, The weapons of a warfare are not carnal, but dunamis in God, powerful, mighty in God, for the pulling down of strongholds." So you're going, okay, where's this this even going? It says, casting down arguments. So now we know it's in the realm of the cognitive, the realm of thought. If you're not disciplined in your thinking, I believe thoughts are the smallest increments of the realm of the Spirit. Because thoughts are so small that if you think about the Word of God, the incredible Kingdom of God comes to you in seed form. So we have this mental battle now. If you, now I I believe intellect and smarts is an attribute, but it's definitely not the highest attribute by a long stretch. God looks at the heart. God looks at the heart, that's for sure. And so uh, it says casting down arguments, but uh, 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 every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So our plumb line is the knowledge of God, right? This is where it gets interesting. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So what we have is we have the the, the domain of warfare and governance starts in thinking, starts in the mind, um, Uh, Maxwell, I can't remember his, uh, John Maxwell. Lots of interesting books, haven't read him for a long time. But he's, uh, one of my favourite titles of his is Thinking for a Change. And so if you can't change how you think, you will never be transformed. You have to go after your thoughts. Uh, Chatting with Emerson, a friend of mine, uh, uh, Emerson Farrell from the US, he said, Todd, we think about 50, 000, 50 000 to 70,000 thoughts every day. Every day. And what happens is most of those thoughts are stuck within a cycle and a loop, and you rarely can bring original thoughts to the table. Somehow, this thing called a schema or a filter, we can get new information, but we put it in the same old loop, and we have to change that in order to change. This is why meditation is so powerful. This is why meditating the Word is so powerful. It smashes those things. But here's the problem. Let's go back to the beginning of this that verse, please. Uh, next one, please. Uh, no, 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 not ne- next verse. Same verse, uh, 2 Corinthians 10. If we can, uh, uh, yep. We're getting there. Next one, 2 Corinthians 10. The last one you just had on the weapons of a warfare, not carnal, thank you. Yep, and, and next part of that verse. Yep, uh, pulling down strongholds. Isn't this interesting? <laughs> is that when you passively receive a thought, and you don't resist it, that thought starts to grow, and then it grows into a fortification. It grows into a structure. Once it's a structure, it becomes a manifestation in someone's life. So this is what's powerful: is that you could ha- you could be thinking all your life that you're not worthy. And that becomes a stronghold. So someone might crack a joke at your expense and you get completely offended because there's a stronghold of unworthiness. There could be a a, a stronghold of fear. And what happens is a stronghold means you're incredibly sensitive to anything that could pose a threat. So these, these, are, these are strongholds and they happen over time. They don't, they, you're not born with them. And it talks about God's weapons are so powerful, these strongholds get demolished. And many of these strongholds are actually falsely judging the individual. You go, you know, but you've got people. I mean, how about, I'll call, here's a, here's a particular stronghold, anorexia. Someone thinks that they're overweight and they're clearly not, but they're convinced in their minds and it's got nothing to do with reality or even the scales or even physics. It's a stronghold. When you get someone who got everything going for them and they get hopeless in life and they, they start <coughs> ideations of their life finishing, that's a stronghold. You know. It, 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 and this is why it says that every tongue that rises up against us We are called to condemn and this is our heritage and we've got to be ruthless with the things that are lying to us and destroying us through lies. Remember, the enemy's only power is to deceive and for people to buy into a stronghold. But God's Word is so powerful, it demolishes strongholds. And so that, this is why Jesus said to him who believes all things are possible, but the word, its argument is we get the word logismos, which means reasonings. And so uh, uh, um, what you have, everything, everything, no matter how stupid it is. Do we have a picture? Everything, no matter how dumb it is. Did you get the, the email with the picture through? Okay, just have a quick looky-loo. And as soon as you find it, put it up. But no matter how, something, how stupid something is, if you meditate on it, it becomes a stronghold. No matter how crazy, that's why you gotta you know, be careful. Jesus said, whatever, He said, whatever uh, 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 you listen to, it will be multiplied back to you. Any picture? Am I gonna do the panda bear flipping up all the computers? No, 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 nothing? Okay. <laughs> The picture I've got, I'll read it out. It's all good. (laughs) It's of Greta Thunberg. You got it? Okay. And it says, she's up here, she's saying, it's cold because it's hot. People believe it. People believe it. I don't think Melbourne's even seen some. I think they turned it on for the tennis a bit. But a brother-in-law just saying we haven't even had summer, and we only just had to. And, but but you, you know someone get up there. It's cold. Don't worry about the picture. We've that ship sailed. <laughs> Focus on the scriptures now. Okay, it's cold because it's hot. Yeah, and what you've got, you've got this repetition, especially on the next generation. So we're talking like a big part of the fear and stress of kids at school is the environment. Wow, strongholds, strongholds, hectic stuff, okay? So, um, all right, moving along to more Scriptures. So, what we've got to establish, it says the name of the Lord is a strong and mighty tower. So if we are going to condemn, condemn lying judgment against us through sickness and poverty and lies, we need to do it from our own stronghold. Because the name of the Lord is strong and mighty tower. Do you have Romans? Therefore, there is, uh, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And here we have here, some, uh, some manuscripts have this and they don't have it. It's, it's, it's not superfluous, but it means the same thing, whether it's there or not. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. I wanna focus on the first part. There is therefore no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. And so when you have voices judging you, whether it's subtle discomfort or you're just overwhelmed, demons condemn. How ironic considering they're condemned. It's ironic. We're talking about projecting, right? Demons are condemned. They're judged. There will be no redemption for any devil. But then they condemn and people believe it and then we start to manifest sickness. It affects our relationships. So I want you to see, it says God is spirit, God is love, God is light, God is holy, Elohim, many different names, Yahweh, etc. But it says that, that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, places, places in Christ. So in a way, if it helps you visualise it as well, see Christ as a place. And when you're in that place, whether the place has boundaries or it's infinitely huge or whatever, when you're in that geographical place in the Spirit, condemnation cannot go there. In other words, if you're in Christ, there cannot be any condemnation it says in John 3, 17, Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world. And we need to understand the difference. So when you feel condemned, you've actually got a spirit. Now, I understand there's a thing called a conscience and I understand that people go, they cross the line and, and see their conscience. I do understand all these d- dynamics because this, this is a multifaceted, nuanced subject, okay? That's very bible But anyway, uh, uh, there is... Uh, If you're in Christ, it actually says there's no condemnation. That's your stronghold. That's your stronghold that you can condemn accusations. If people are clearly sinning their brains out, you don't have a leg to stand on because that's incongruence. What I'll show you in a second is this. Here we go. Romans 6 verses 1 to 4. Romans 6 verses 1 to 4. I don't want to focus on the first part. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How should we who died to sin live any longer in it? We'll leave it it at that. So you have here, you go, oh, I'm in Christ, I can't be condemned. So that's when we have to have our action line up with our conviction. What comes first, the chicken or the egg? In this case, I think it's the egg. Because when you try and earn righteousness, when you try and earn favour, it doesn't fly. Because what we have to know is the whole kingdom of heaven is like a seed that was sown into the ground, the soil of the human heart. And you go, you know, in regards to sin, you can teach about sin, preach about sin, explain it, expound on it, and you get more sin. You get what you say. I'm not saying that we just, we we, we turn a blind eye, I'm not saying that either. But it says, fixing our eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Now, before we said there's no condemnation to those in Christ, but the Holy Spirit is our teacher. He's our comforter. He's our counsellor. And if there's something in our life that is out of line with His purposes, He will tell you. Okay? Now, I... Went to Bible College under a guy called Bill Helbig. Okay, <clears throat> one of the godliest guys I've ever met. Spread a meekness, but he was a strong man. Um, and full cloud of you know you, you could feel the glory around the guy. And I just, <laughs> I got I got I got saved in December, and I had enrolled in full time Bible College in January. Yeah, I'm not normal. I just, it was, it was, the call of God was raging on the inside of me. First, first statement, the first lesson they said, we're going to open up to the Old Testament. I said to the guy next to me, what's an Old Testament? And he goes, you really are fresh, aren't you? But what happened was, I used to, I used to uh, function in this gift called procrastination. And so what happens is that intending to do something would trigger neurotransmitters of satisfaction that I'd done it, even though I'd only thought about doing it. And because the neurotransmitters made me feel satisfied and content, I would put it off until there was enough uh, negative neurotransmitters built up until i actually do it. And one of this was called Bible college fees. And I remember, I'm like, yeah, i have got to pay it. And I had the money to pay it. And I remember it got to the end of first term. And all this, is all that Bill Hilbig said, he said, uh, okay, just a quick announcement. There are, uh, we need people to be up to, up to date with their Bible college fees. And uh, there are some people who haven't paid any fees at all up to this point. And that was me. And I'm sitting down in the back and it's like, I felt hot coals. <laughs> I felt. I just felt this, whoosh, like this. And it was it wasn't condemnation. It was like breaking, breaking and an understanding. Like fe- it was. It was. How powerful was it? I, I was paid up in full till the next day. Uh, up to uh, on the next day, I paid in full. But that was the Holy Ghost. I wasn't condemned. I repented because of this procrastination is deceiving spirit. If you want to, don't say amen now, you can say it later. <laughs> Speak now forever. All right. So so the Holy Spirit will bring us into line with things and He'll show you things through dreams and visions and, 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 and conviction, right? But what we have here is that we need to know, we need the, the name of the Lord, the strong and mighty tower and the things that... I'm serious about this. If you have an inner dialogue that's negative, you can call it self-talk, could be familiar spirits. If you don't deal with the false judgment on the inside of you that's incongruent with who Christ is, it'll show up in your physical body at some stage. It'll show up somewhere, which is too soft. This is a war. It says, Be diligent to enter His rest. Everyone's journeying something somewhere somehow. An inspiration of mine is Yongyi Cho, and he says it's a new year, and with every new year comes new challenges to overcome. It's not static. We got this idea in the West where people work their guts out to retire. There is no retirement, friends. You don't retire on any level because the spirit world is always moving. You're here to fulfill his mandate for your life. And when you get people just retire, and they're like, like, some people retire before they're retired. And there's things on the inside that are lies, and you've got to be brutal. You've got to be brutal. You can't disassociate from it because if you disassociate, la, 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 la. And this is where, (coughs) in order to self govern, we have to condemn the false voices on the inside of us because you will eventually manifest externally the internal voices. You get, what about someone, okay. Uh, I'm very careful when I do examples. I'm not thinking of anyone. Very important. Otherwise, I might as well just say it to their face. Well, I am, but I would do it differently. I'd never use, I'd never, I'd never use preaching as a cloak of, you know what. But you get people who get rejected. And then what happens, they've got an inner world of rejection so then they reject other people before they get rejected and the re- rejection cycle just keeps happening and they clutch defeat from the jaws of victory and so this stuff this stuff has to stop because it's defrauding people and stealing them from their heritage from their inheritance and this is where we start to govern we govern in that realm you start to think you're going on fearfully and wonderfully made I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world you know, even greater than, I, I actually saw, I saw a speech by George Soros' son, Alexander Soros the other day. And let me tell you, talent really did skip a generation. Um, uh, um, uh, 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 what did he even say? And it's like, you know what? In you and I is Christ. Especially collectively, Think of the things that that God's called you to do that you can't do in your own strength, but Christ in you, the the hope of glory. Can someone say amen? Meditate on that. And what happens is in your light, we see light. When you're in the light of the Lord, He'll speak to you about stuff. The amount of times I've interpreted dreams for people and the Lord lovingly warns them and says, hey, get rid of this, do this, change that. It happens all the time. And so what we have here is Psalms, if we do Psalm 19, 7 to 11, we're getting into the practice, we're landing the plane. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. What we're gonna do now is, whenever we're talking about the Lord's, the law of the Lord, the ordinance and the statutes, I want you to put it under the blanket canopy of the Word of the Lord or the Word of God, the Logos. All right? So here it's talking about the commandments, but not just the commandments. You've got your, your, your moral, you've got your uh, civil ceremonial commandments. There's, there's hundreds of them, right? It's not just the 10 commandments, right? It's whatever God has brought through the Torah, etc. And... It says it's perfect and it converts the soul. Can you imagine a soul that's smashed through rejection, smashed through fear, smashed through cycles of addiction, smashed, and the word, and, and the Logos of God is perfect. Now quite often when we see the word perfect in the biblical sense, it means complete, okay? So here it says, it, you don't just read it, it converts you. Now I think the word is "shub." Right. I mean, this again. i have probably got better skill set pronouncing Greek words than Hebrew words. You know, who are these like? Who are these that fly like clouds? It says, who are these like, Who are these that oof like orbs? Okay. And here it says, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting, uh, shubing the soul. And what you have is shub, actually means to return to the beginning. So what happens, can you imagine through your life, through your bloodline, through your circumstance, lies, 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 lies. And you passively accept it. And then it starts to form a structure, a stronghold, and then you manifest the lies that you've believed. Because it says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. And it actually says every false voice uh, every, uh, 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 of judgment accusing, you shall condemn this is the heritage of the Lord. But you need to be established in the stronghold of the goodness of God, of there's no condemnation to those in Christ, and it actually takes place through His Word. There's no mind over matter. The Word of God is so powerful. Be addicted to it, read it, meditate on it all the time. It will convert your soul. The Word of God is living and powerful. It's not just memorising information. When it goes inside of you, it actually spreads and takes over. And it's so powerful, it shuts down every, 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 every stronghold. It dismantles it. Any spirit of hopelessness is based on a lie. My marriage will never improve. My finances will never increase. A lie. I don't know anyone who's been healed of this. A lie. And we have to condemn these lies. Let God be true and every man a liar. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. So this self-governance, heavenly governance starts with self-governance and especially on the inner world. This is where it gets down to the pointy end of the stick can we please have the pointy end of the stick scripture please from 1 Corinthians pointy 1 Corinthians that was a very pointy book for if we would judge ourselves we would not be judged but when we are judged we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world so here this is about communion and we get to self-regulate now <laughs> Rachel, can you imagine if we ever did a a conference on parenting in the Holy Ghost? People would be really enthusiastic and then they'd be very upset. I remember sitting down and chatting to, you know, we needed some counsel and we talked about parenting, i.e. never disciplining the kids. It's really weird, they left straight away. Anyway, so one of the things is with a child, Discipline isn't punishment. This is how it works. Is that, I mean, you look at, you you, you know, you you take home from the hospital this angel and you go, they're learning take it home? You know, it's an adulting really hits you. You know, and then you put him in that chair that that sort of looked like this should be in the space shuttle. You know, and you get tempted to to buy the baby on board stuff and all that sort of stuff. And you you look at there, an angel. But what happens is if you go after wisdom is that a lot of life comes down to being able to regulate yourself. We go into situations that require courage, that are challenging, regulate. Because the opposite to regulate is impulse. Now, we've got cats that were kittens and when you have cats, they are pure impulse. All of a sudden, it's sort of like they'll be walking along, they're going, oh, I think that's a fly. Oh, I can get that fly. They just and (laughs) squirrel. And and so what happens with a child is you have to regulate that part of their life without crushing it. Spirit-led. People don't like hearing this. I'm gonna double down. So anyway, what happens is you regulate and then as they get older, you co-regulate. Otherwise, you're doing everything for them. And then what happens as they become adults, they learn to regulate themselves. And that's what the discipline of God is all about. He will regulate initially, but then He co-regulates. So you're just gonna, you know, I just like, I don't feel like being married this week. That might be a legitimate impulse, but if you run with that impulse, your life will be a disaster. So we learn to co-regulate with the Lord until we realize that He really wants to use us. I'm all for you know. I do. We really need to pray for creative people and musicians because they function on impulse, and you've got to know the good waves to surf not the ones that are littered with sewage, okay? Because you have to serve things. There's building and there's flowing, building and flowing. So discipline from the Lord is to help us regulate ourselves. Can someone say amen? It's the same with kids. Otherwise, what you're gonna have, you're gonna have someone running a country who will make policy decisions based on a tantrum and vengeance of the opposition. It's serious stuff. And so one-on-one, you don't discipline your kids. It says you hate them. You gotta overcome the cutesy factor and you gotta instruct, you need a plumb line. Johnny, don't draw on the walls with markers that don't rub off. And then Johnny goes. I think Johnny just left the building. Anyway... (laughs) After the third time, you're not going, that's a beautiful piece of artwork. You're thinking about the fippin' can of paint you're gonna have to spend money on and then do the whole wall, right? Then you have to reinforce that. And what happens (coughs) when when we regulate ourselves around communion, it says that we won't be judged. I mean, this is a big deal, guys. When you can take the responsibility, say, I shouldn't be doing this, how long will it take? It's called repentance. It's changing how you think. It's not Bart Simpson putting his hand on the muffin that has the electric note on it. Ow! Bzz, ow! Bzz, sorry. Bzz, repent. Bzz, ow! Bzz, sorry. Bzz, repent. It's actually changing how you think, so you're not spinning your wheels in the mud. And God wants us to govern ourselves first, especially the toxic thoughts. This is what I've learned. Any thought in my brain that produces torment, never God. I don't necessarily like pressure or hardship, but that's not torment. That's not torment. So this is what we're called to do. We're called to regulate around this. And so uh, it's, it's time. this principle is this principle's timeless. This is the beginning of the book of Mark, if you can put it up. It's timeless. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand repent, people go, oh, I've got to believe. And you actually can't believe until you repent. Repentance is the first thing. Change how you think, change how you think. Metanoia, metanoia, metanoia. Change how you think. Get into the Word. Changes the matrix, time and space, all that, all that sort of stuff. But it says, it says repent and believe in the Gospel. When you change how you think, you don't have to try to believe, you just believe. You don't have to try to believe. Nothing scarier than someone working up their faith. You know? And they just become a chronic confessor and you can just see fear on their face. <laughs> Inspirational not. But when you change how you think, you go, wow, I actually, something's changing on the inside of me. But I especially I wanna focus on today is people's thoughts. Thoughts that are falsely judging them. It's a big deal. Because you're gonna, you, you actually will conform to the dominant thoughts in your life. This is why we have to allow the word of God to go inside of us and convert our soul and change us. The goodness of God and the, and, and, and the no condemnation to those in Christ becomes our stronghold by which we condemn lies. Again, there's repentance. Again, conviction from the Holy Ghost is a real thing. Okay? but there's no condemnation, no condemnation. You actually get to condemn the lying demons that have been lying to you most of your life. And this is self-governance 101. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty and God for the pulling down of strongholds. Now, we'll finish with this verse. What happens when you do this? According to Isaiah 54, this is what will happen. Oh, you afflicted one, tossed with tempest and not comforted. Behold, I will lay your stones with colourful gems and lay your foundations with sapphires. I will make your, pinnacles of, make your pinnacles of rubies, your gates of crystal and all your walls of precious stones. You're going, what? That's the new Jerusalem, friends. Even the Old Testament saints saw it. And what happens is He takes your your ashes and turns them into a thing of beauty, but it starts with the inner world shutting down. The voices that are trying to condemn you or unjustly accuse you. If you need to repent of something and forsake it and change, brilliant. But you don't do it under the heavy weight of condemnation. Can someone say, Amen? Amen. And this is what we've got to start to do. Last week, we talked about binding and loosening. And it's not a panacea. What it does, it shuts down gates of hell and opens up windows of heaven, and then we function. I'd rather function with an open heaven over my life and kicking devils in the face. It actually says, when your obedience is fulfilled, you can punish all disobedience. That's a juxtaposition. That's a, I'm in the stronghold of the love of God, no condemnation. And I get to, you know, you actually get to judge these things. You get to judge, it's your heritage. But we've got to learn to not be so passive and accept the painful thoughts that reoccur. The ones that in the middle of the night wake you up and you have a cold sweat or you feel the, never the Holy Ghost. And if you don't do all that, it will manifest one day. Who's ready to judge the lies on the inner world? Come on. We're we'll to start with self governance. By His stripes, you are healed. By His stripes, you are healed. He's made you the head and not the tail. Be holy for He is holy. God is love. You can do all things. And this is what this year is about, heavenly governance, but it's got to start with us first. Can we get our communion out, please? What we don't want is we don't want to see the sports watch stuck in a spider's web where time enfolds over the promises of God. Just when we were opening up our communion then, you know what happened? Word of knowledge, whatever, just like this. I feel especially today, just I didn't, not in my prep, I feel that This communion specifically. Now, you apply it how you want. Judge yourself that you won't be judged. But I believe, particularly today, it applies to people where the accusation is coming from their past. Something's happened, something failed, something took place. And this is what the Bible says Not only does it say, To him who opens and no one shuts, that's Jesus with the keys of David. That's Jesus with the keys of the kingdom. But it says, His glory will be your rear guard. God's got, in other words, your job is to be in Christ, His job is to have your back. Who knows what I'm talking about? A voice from the past. Come on. A voice from the past. Failure, anything. And it's just like this. Today is the day to condemn it. But what we've got to do, we don't just condemn it, we separate ourselves from it. We separate ourselves from it. Because I'll tell you what, the person or the Spirit accusing you actually completely embodies what they're accusing. They're trying to yoke to you and you go, no. You go, no. Can we pray together? Would you close your eyes? Say after me, Jesus, thank You for Your body. Thank You for Your blood. Right now, I hear Your voice speaking to me to judge myself and judge those voices falsely accusing. I repent of whatever You're showing me. But right now, by faith, I use the keys of the Kingdom and I bind all doors open to voices from the past. I shut the door now. I commanded a shut up. To be quiet in Jesus' name. I condemn these lies because I am washed. The blood of Christ. Speak to me, Lord, about whatever else I need to bring into alignment. Bless this to my body. In your name I pray, Amen. seems like such a random reference and I'm very sketchy on the details. I have read this before. But it's never too late. You change how you think. If you want to get inspired, read about someone who invented one of their most unhealthy foods for you. Colonel Sanders. You read his story. He went door to door trying to sell his fried chicken. He didn't make it big until he was in his 60s or 70s. Can you imagine the voice of failure and barrenness that would come after Him every day? Every day. If you go after those voices and condemn the unjust lies, you'll fulfil everything you're called to be on this earth. Can someone say Amen? I think you just only have to, I mean, I don't believe in the Gospel according to Wikipedia. It is edited by unsavoury entities. However, It's so simple. If you read about him, this guy didn't make his money until his 60s or 70s. and I think he lived into his 90s. But can you imagine the voice who go, you'll never do it. Everyone's rejecting you, you're not good enough. And it's one of the biggest franchises in the world and definitely one of the most unhealthiest. All right. Our family needs to be delivered from that spirit too. So pray for us. All right. Lord, bless everyone here. We just thank You. This is the day that You've made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We just thank You for Your covering and blessing in Jesus' Name. Amen.